Hey everybody, welcome to Real Live Talk. Thanks so much for taking the time to be here. My name is Duke Lamastra and I'm your host. And for this episode, I had the opportunity to sit down again with my friend Monique De Leon. Monique is an author, teacher, podcast host, and worship leader with a passion for leading people into the presence of God. But she really specializes in the area of teaching young adults on the subject of purity. She has a book entitled Pursuing Purity Under Pressure, in which she discusses the benefits of abstinence until marriage and the why behind the weight. I really think you're going to enjoy this conversation. It definitely got pretty real in some spots. We weren't pulling punches and uh, just having a real conversation about purity. Uh, we talked about pornography. We talked about the issue of uh, just the over-sexualization um, of the culture that we live in and some of the issues that we face as a result. So I believe you're going to get a lot of value out of this episode. If it blesses you in any way, if you'd consider subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, I would super appreciate it. Thank you so much. And for now, let's go ahead and jump into this conversation with Monique De Leon. All right, here we go. Monique, how are you? Hello, hello. I'm good. Thank you. This is awesome. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. It's awesome to have you with me today again. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, let me let's do this, Monique, since this is not the since you're not new to the program here, this is not the first time that you're here where this is kind of round two. Uh, what I'd like to do this time is right at the beginning here for anybody that did not uh, maybe catch the, the first episode where you were on here, which anybody that wants to go back and check it out, it's episode number 28 with Monique, where we spent a good amount of time talking about her book and stuff like that. But we really just kind of ran out of time. And so I'm really excited for <laughs> Glad you're able to come back on and you were able to come back on um, without too much time passing. Um, and uh, we're able to kind of get back into round two here and go a little bit deeper on, on some of the issues that we were discussing last time. But if you would, Monique, just uh, maybe take a minute or two and just share with us just a little bit about who you are for anyone who okay. doesn't. So, hello everybody. So I'm Monique DeLeon. I bring you greetings from sunny Southern California, born and raised here. Um, I grew up in a big family. I'm the youngest of five kids, and um, which is a lot of fun actually. And my story and the things that I do, um, so I'm a worship leader, author, speaker, and a big abstinence advocate. Um, so I talk about this topic from the perspective of someone who is a virgin and who is a little bit older. I am 39 years old and born and raised in SoCal, which is like the mecca of all things sexual. So, um, mm -hmm. so I talk about this topic from that perspective and being someone who was raised in church as well. So. Um, so yeah, so that's what I do, just trying to bring encouragement to people who are walking this journey of purity, but also giving the why behind the weight and trying to see things from God's perspective and help give an understanding as to why he's asking us uh, to wait until marriage to have sex and what are the benefit and the blessing of doing that. So that's what I do. That's awesome. And thank you so much again for being here, Monique. And uh yeah. Uh, again, I'm I'm glad we have this opportunity to kind of keep going. Last time you were on, we I I I really enjoyed our time together and our discussion. We talked a lot about your book, uh, Pursuing Purity Under Pressure: Encouraging Singles and Young Adults on Living Pure in Today's World. And uh, I feel like we dove into a bunch of different issues, but there were still some questions that I had that I wanted to ask you that I didn't get a chance to ask <laughs> you last time. So. So uh, yeah, let's kind of um, let's kind of pick up a little bit where we left off. Well, actually, before we do that, if you would uh, just and this might be a little bit of review again for anybody, but just in case for anybody that um, that's uh, unfamiliar with what we're talking about here, uh, your book "Pursuing uh, Purity Under Pressure." I did just want to say that I really do um, appreciate the perspective that you've written this book from, and uh, really your heart in this book. And uh, I really I really like how you don't tiptoe around issues in the book, but you go, you just kind of go for it. You go after <laughs> some, uh, some things that are, that have been, you know, for like, as far as the church world is concerned, like some things that we've probably considered difficult conversations or conversations that we maybe don't want to have, or that a lot of us are not comfortable having and things like that. But you, uh, you're just real with it and you're real with your story and, and you share your experience, you share 
uh, some of the struggles that you've had too. And I, I just really love the the place that this book comes from. So if you would just kind of in your own words, just tell us a little bit about your heart uh, behind this book, Pursuing Purity Under Pressure, and uh, what it is that you um, are just wanting this book to accomplish out in the world for people. Okay. So um, the reason I wrote it actually was because I was encouraged by a few different people. Um, the beginning of last year, I had three different friends who don't even know each other, but in about a two-week span, all tell me, you should write a book. You should write a book. You should write a book. <laughs> so I'm like, ah, God, should I write a book? Maybe I should write a book. And in particular, there was one a friend who actually lives out in New York, and he was saying, because my story is not heard. And um, even though I feel like there are actually quite a few people who are virgins and or remaining abstinent, it's just something that's not talked about. And, um, and I think people are a little embarrassed. Um, people don't know how to talk about it. And so I wanted to go ahead and, and bring it to the forefront to bring that encouragement, even a, a sigh of relief um, for some people and even something that people go, oh, I could totally relate. I understand mm. um, yeah. type of a thing because it's just not something that's talked about in society today. Um, and you had said it so well last time. You said that I have a message that the world is against. And that's mm. 100% true <laughs> because um, <laughs> yeah. this very over-sexualized culture um, that we are constantly bombarded with um, a message of purity or a message of abstinence is something that is completely countercultural. And mm. with the books, my hope was just that, to bring that encouragement to let people know that you're not alone, if you are remaining abstinent, that there's nothing wrong with you. If you are, you know, it doesn't mean you're ugly or socially awkward or you can't get a date. Like, it doesn't mean any of that. That, you know, living this life um, is actually what the norm is supposed to be, to be honest. And um, so that was with the book, just wanting to bring encouragement and really give more of an understanding biblically because sex was not something that was discussed in the church a lot which it should have been and it should be because sex was god's idea and he created it so if we i believe as a church as a whole talked about it more that our young people had a place to go to in the church to talk about this topic instead of the world that their view of it would be more godly instead of worldly yeah so that's, uh, that was kind of the, the hope in bringing this to the forefront and trying to give a little bit of the why behind the weight. Yeah, and yeah. I love that. And I, I love that it's uh, that that why is so key, that why is so key, because mm -hmm. when I was growing up, it was a lot of like, do this and don't do that. Well, mostly, you know, uh, in this conversation, it was mostly like, don't, don't. Do <laughs> don't. Uh -huh. just don't just don't do it. Why? Well, because. Uh, you know, and, and then we there was a lot of focus when I was a teenager, <laughs> there was a lot of focus on um, like the safety of it. Like when I was in youth group, you know, growing up in those days, it, there was a lot on this. Uh, th there was a lot of like stuff that was like scare you straight kind of thing. Like, like, uh, don't be, uh -huh. yeah, like you don't want to do this because you can get pregnant. You don't want to do this because of STDs. And then going like really far you know down that that sort of rabbit hole and uh not that there's no place for that but i don't think that that works <laughs> for the average person just to like yeah. scare the average teenager out of you know not having sex or not you know engaging this kind of lifestyle oh anyway <laughs> what are your thoughts on that yeah no um that's actually really good you brought that up. You looked, like you, had, recently, you, had, like, you looked like you had a lot to say there. <laughs> yeah, well, I recently had a conversation with someone whom he would tell me um, that same thing. He grew up in church, and that was the culture he was raised in. Like, don't do this. It's bad. Wait until marriage. And he said that what happened to him was when he got married, because he was, like, in his late 20s when he got married, he said it almost felt like sex was wrong because – he had been wow. told all these years how wrong it was to do it, okay? Mm -hmm. And then when you got to a place where you finally could, it was almost a little bit awkward. It was almost like, 
not sure what to do, are you sure it's okay, type of a thing. And I thought, wow, that was actually really a really great point because that's what's always has been harped on, the same thing when I was growing up. It was like, don't have sex before marriage. Because God said so, it was bad. Uh, just wait till marriage, and that's it. No more conversation. Yeah. Couldn't ask questions. Couldn't ask any detailed questions, which, you know, our young people should be able to, about, you know, oral sex or just having urges or, like, you couldn't bring any of that stuff up. And so, um, so when he told me that, I thought that was very interesting um, because he said for him, that was his kind of experience. And, um, and that's why more and more I have been seen. Um, there's actually a book that just came out that I actually would like to get called Married Sex. And um, it's by two authors, a male and a female. And so they talk about how married sex is supposed to be the best thing in the world because we're doing it God's way. Right. And just um, all the details about sex um, they talk about in this book in great detail and which is really good and healthy. And I think uh, we have kind of unfortunately programmed ourselves in the church world that like it's bad to talk about when mm. it should be a really good thing because God created it and it was for a few purposes. And so um, diving into what those purposes are, are is important. And I think we just as a whole as a church tend to stay away from it when it should be talked about more. So, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, for sure. I, I really think that, well, just for example, for, for me, I definitely had some of those thoughts in my head too. Like you said, sure. you know, you're uh, having this conversation about how even after marriage and there's this idea that there's something wrong about it, there's something dirty about it, there's something. And, uh, you know, I, like I had a little bit of struggle with that in, in my head too. I never thought that it was wrong, but I did feel like there was just something I don't know, like if we attach shame to it, if we attach, um, you know, that sort of sense of that it's 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 dirty or it's whatever. Like if we if we attach that to it for kids like growing up to try to get them to not do it, then, yeah, I can totally see where that sort of shift wouldn't necessarily so easily take place. Like you've been told mm -hmm. all your life, this is wrong. Stay away from it. Don't even think about it. Don't even talk about it. Don't do this. And all of a sudden you're married. And it's like all of a sudden, like okay, anything goes, okay. and you're like, <laughs> you're like, okay, uh -huh. <laughs> you totally set me up. You totally set me up for this moment <laughs> to be successful. Like, thank you so much. Um, so yeah, for sure, that's definitely that's definitely a thing. And I, I love that you brought that up, even about some of the some of the things like like I feel like I should whisper when I say oral sex, right? Like I feel, like I feel like there's like I shouldn't be able to talk about <laughs> I should be able to talk about these things, but. If we don't like if we don't allow that open door for conversations, you know, like yeah. I have I have kids, I have a young I have a 10 year old and he's just starting to become aware of things. He hears things in conversation, mm -hmm. you know, sees things on TV and commercials like different things. And, mm -hmm. you know, and so we're we're sort of in that stage of life right now where I've I, we're addressing issues as they come up, not trying to yeah. go like crazy off the handle with things and, mm -hmm. you know whatever but i've told people on this podcast before i think i probably err more on the side of overexposure than underexposure when it comes to letting my kids like you know have conversations you know with with my kids and stuff like that but I, but i really do i think that um if we if we hold back too much it, we're we're kidding ourselves to think that you know our kids young people teenagers whatever that they're not learning this stuff. They're not picking it up from their friends and from, mm -hmm. you know, people at school and from social media and from whatever yeah. else. Everything's so accessible. And as you said, we are living in such an over or, you know, hypersexualized culture. And uh, yeah, like for sure, the church doesn't have the luxury to shy away or to cower away from these issues, but we've got to be open yeah. and honest. And, and, and again, that's why I think it's so powerful to, to really focus on discussing the why because that leads us into a conversation about values and what yeah. matters. And so we make we make decisions to do or not do certain things, um, not just because the Bible tells me so or not just because the pastor tells me so or or my shame tells me or whatever. But because there's a there's a principle, there's a value, there's something real behind it. And the more we can understand that, I think the more we'll be setting ourselves and others up to, to live this out successfully. Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, there there's a why behind everything, 
And, mm-hmm. you know, so it, you have to, for a majority of people, you've got to have an understanding. Because if you don't have an understanding of the why, then lots of times people rebel. I mean, it's just like kids. You're raising your mm-hmm. kid. They want to know why they can't do that. They want to know why they can't eat that right now. Or, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So it's like you're having to explain to give them an understanding. And then when people have an understanding, that they, they then can make better choices. And mm-hmm learn and understand consequences of things that you do or things that you don't do but it's on you like everything is a decision everything is your choice and you know god's not going to force you to be obedient god's not going to force you to do things but he lays everything out for us and so laying even this topic out for people especially young people is important because you know it's like for us god says today has been set before you life or death choose life like he's telling you what to do but it's still your choice if you want to or not and so it's mm. one of those things, though, but if I have a greater understanding that God has my best interest at heart, and if God is asking this of me, because, you know, there's a reason behind it, because I will be better off in the end, and I'm not going to delay the things that he wants to bring to me, and, you know, I'm not going to hinder what he has in store for me, if I make this decision, then okay, then I have yeah. an understanding, that, you know what, I'm going to do that. But if I have no understanding, you know, and I think that's what it is with a lot of young people because they're getting it from the world and they're seeing everything from a worldly perspective and not a godly perspective. And unfortunately, that's, you know, what we see, why there's so many believers and Christians that live together, that have sex and do nothing wrong with it, um, even though, you know, God's word. And granted, I do think there are some people that just were never taught and they just don't mm. know um, yeah. genuinely. But once you have been taught, and once you do know, you know, we're responsible for the knowledge that we have and God holds mm. us accountable for the knowledge that we have. And so giving people that understanding also, then letting them go, okay, I see why. I understand why. And I think if, you know, you can present it and show people like this is a great thing, you know, but God's telling you to wait because X, Y, Z, you know, type mm. of a thing, then um, yeah, I think it'll just as a whole, it will generation yeah yeah for sure uh could we go into a little bit of that into the the xyz so to speak like into Mm -hmm. so the some of the benefits behind waiting and what this is really all about like why why would god create something because this is something that came from god i mean god made up sexuality he made us with sex like he made us this way so like why would why would god create something like this and then uh you know that really that really is amazing in its context but to create something so so great and something that we have a desire for and then to say but it's off limits until you're married (laughs) like what Uh (laughs) what what is that monique (laughs) so a few reasons um, I'm not like I won't say it's everything because you know other people have different perspectives too. But definitely, I mean, obviously, uh, we could look at them from a natural standpoint. Okay, so procreation. I mean, that is mm-hmm. a natural standpoint why sex was created. This is how we exist that we come into being with a man and a woman coming together, and um, you know you can and even with that, like you can just see that is the blessing of a father and a mother together in the home and having both parents there raising the child, you know, versus just one. Now I grew up in a single parent home, so I understand mm. and um how much better it would have been having a father to give me that affirmation, having, you know, a strong male influence in my life in a positive way. Mm. Um but you yeah. have <clears throat> so I talk about how sex is three parts. You know, it is it's it's physical, it's emotional and it's spiritual. And, mm. you know, physically, like I said, that, that's the physical standpoint of it. Um, but also God in the natural physical sense is trying to protect us from things. Because if we can step back and look at it from a broader sense, that if we, even just as a whole a society, waited and did things God's way, we would not see the things that we see. We would not see rape. We would not be seen abortions we would not be seeing sexually transmitted diseases like it's just from a, a natural standpoint mm-hmm. like there's so much of the the blessing and the benefit of waiting from a physical natural standpoint emotionally you know god knows that when he created it the whole point behind it was to bond us together okay that's why mm. 
in Genesis 1, when it says how a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and the two become one flesh. Because it literally, marriage is a picture of God in us. And so Mm -hmm. that marriage, because that's what we are known as the bride of Christ. And so marriage is a picture of like heaven on earth is really what it is. And so when you come into a covenant with another person, that union, it's a perfect union. It's that picture of God with us, that relationship. And so when you are sleeping around with all these people whom you're not married to, it's almost like you're cheating on God. Like, do you know what I mean? Because it's like, no, like this is designed and created for covenant. It's designed and Mm. created for a union, a bond, because when you have sex, it's so everything. It's physiological, it's biological. You know, there's chemistry that's being released and endorphins in your body. And that's what's bonding you and gluing you to that person. Sex is the glue, so to speak, for two people to come together. Sex is so powerful. And I, I think people forget that. And we're not actually ever really taught that when you engage with sex with someone, like you have the power to create another person. And that's mm. why, you know, really abortion could be eliminated if people just waited until marriage. Because the number one reason why women have abortion is inconvenience. You know, I mean, that's really the reason why. Yeah. And, you know, so it's like, if, if you keep having sex with people you really don't want children with and you don't want a lifetime with, then why are you having sex with them? Like, do you know what I mean? It's one of those things where, yeah. you know, it's it's so powerful that you can create another person. And, um, mm. <clears throat> you know, and that's something that God doesn't take lightly because we can read in Psalms 139, you know, the description of his creation of us in the womb. And so, you know, it's powerful and it, it's so binding that, you know, there's so many, even like when I was in high school of girls that had sex with different guys and then they got dumped because that's all they wanted was sex from them. Like emotionally, these girls were a wreck, you know, and mm-hmm. just emotionally attached to someone and to people. Boom, and that's where the term like soul ties comes in because right. that's literally what it does. Because when you have sex, how chemicals in your body are released and it gives you such a sense of a bond with this individual, even though you don't know them very well and you're not even fully committed to them. You just thought they were really cute. So you decided to have sex with them. Right. But yet, yeah. you know, it gives you this real false sense of connection when it's not because sex is so mm. binding. That's really what it does. It It's the glue for a marriage, for a husband and a wife, you know? And also when you have sex with people, I think people forget that there is, <clears throat> excuse me, such a transference that takes place um, even spiritually. That's why, you know, people that you lay with, whatever they're dealing with, that's going to get on you. Whatever evil spirits, whatever things that's going on in their life, that's going to jump on and attach itself to you as well. And so it's on all levels because there's no way for two people to be more intimately connected than sex because you're engaging in it on the physical aspect. There's literally a transference Mm -hmm. of your own soul that takes place. And then spiritually, because you're actually fulfilling a command that God gave. And so it's, it's so intimate and it's actually really deep, but it's been taught that it's so flippant though. Like, you know, have as much as you want with whomever, whenever, none of this sexual oppression they talk about and your sexual right. And I was just, you know, really sad to see how um, I have a friend that her daughter is head of like education in a different state and you're talking about, you know, sex education and stuff and how um, it's not just a matter of kids having you know sex at a younger age it's Mm -hmm. also kids having multiple sex partners right so it's like you know 14 year olds have like five and six sexual partners like it's just you know and it's really sad because there's no understanding behind it you know and that's why pornography is so damaging as well and you know watching pornography and this is where we get into human trafficking like it's it's something that is Hmm. so powerful and can be so addictive for people because that's why even they talk about with which has been proven and shown that pornography changes your brain chemistry you know yeah. and because the way it's presented it's this beautiful thing that's been perverted and so you know these are just some of the things that and reasons why god is saying to wait because so much would be avoided in the hmm. world as a whole if we saw it from his perspective 
and protecting because I'm glad that I personally can say there is not a man out there that can go, oh, Monique, I already had some of that. Like, there's no one. There's no one that could say that about me. And there's no one that I am so emotionally tied to or no one that I feel like, gosh, what a waste. Because I think about that. Like, if I would have had sex with, you know, men I've dated in the past, I would think, like, what a waste. You know what I mean? Like, well, I waste yeah. all of myself on this man who's not even around anymore. So it's, you know what I mean? Like, there's just yeah. a lot of benefits to waiting. And, um, but while the waiting, I think it's good to talk about it. And this is where I think yeah. married couples definitely should come in and yeah. talk about the benefit and the blessing and the union and married sex. How great, which studies show that anyways that people who are married actually have better sex than people who aren't married so because of the commitment because of the bonding that's happened wow. within marriage wow wow so yeah man there's so there's uh what, what you just said was so powerful and you know it's like as, as you're talking here's what i'm thinking about it's like marriage as as the marriage as the precursor to to sexual relations right like mm -hmm. without that um so stepping stepping outside of that and that's stepping outside of god's design without that like without without marriage as the you know this committed loving monogamous you know marriage relationship where you've made covenant together like that as the the foundation or that as the the precursor to you know we're gonna come together we're gonna physically we're gonna we're gonna have sex when you remove that when you remove the covenant aspect of it when you remove that as the as the precursor then all you have you have this thing that's designed for a specific purpose and it's like essentially as you said when when a man and woman when they come together and they're married it's two becoming one and then sex is essentially a it's more than this but it is a physical sort of representation or playing out of that two becoming one because when you because when you um you know when two people do have sex there is that idea of two becoming one that we're becoming that we're becoming one even in this moment. So if I'm becoming one with people that I'm not one with, you know, like if I'm becoming mm -hmm. one with somebody who I'm not actually one with uh, spiritually, I haven't covenanted with this person. Then all I'm doing is I'm using this person essentially for you know physical gratification and yeah. because it's just something that we want. And it's it's I'm, I'm not saying using in terms of you know like abusive, but it in a sense, like we're using each other to, to get something to gratify one another and it's consensual or whatever, but, but we're using each other to, to get stimulated to that point because it's something that's, that's there. There's a desire for it. Um, but we're doing it outside of a, of the context that it was designed for, which was covenant. And so all we're doing essentially is we're, I, I think so often we, well, I think that the, that the world has like tried to condition us mentally emotionally psychologically whatever to accept sex as like you're saying something that's flippant something as less than what it is as less powerful less meaningful than it really is and so we've essentially tricked ourselves into thinking that yeah we could just do this with whoever we want whenever we want we can have multiple partners we can do this with you know who whatever like it's it's mm -hmm. it's just up to us it's free love it's expression it's all of that and it's not this thing that the Bible says that it is that's actually more weighty and valuable than that. So I can just give this away to whoever and it doesn't change me. It doesn't affect me. And I, I think that that's just a lie that we've bought into as a culture, as a society. Mm -hmm. And but I think that people, for the most part, um, I do think there's a there's a sense. I don't know what you think about this. Uh, I know you've uh, I know you've had a lot of conversations with people, um, but like where we've gone down, you know, maybe maybe someone who's gone down a road for a period of time with sexual partners or whatever it is, and thinking that they can just give it away as something that's you know not a big deal. You know, we, we've seen all those movies, right, about 
uh, having like the friends with benefits and it always goes bad, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like we, there's always the conversation. No, this can be completely unemotional and this could just be physical. And it, it never works out that way, right? Like, have you seen that no. play out with people that you know, people that you've had conversation with where like maybe they thought that it could just be this physical thing and that was it. But then they have to come to grips with the with the reality that, no, like this has actually affected me more than I thought it would. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Um, I even had a friend who was, very promiscuous slept with all kinds of girls and stuff um and he said that he actually stopped because he felt like um losing his own soul for lack of a better term where it was just like Mm. it was just nothing like it meant it it was it was to a point where you know it it no longer even satisfied any longer because it was just because it didn't mean anything anymore. And um, when there's actually so much meaning behind it and and people have to and they forget and they think that it, it's just physical, it's not. Because that's why, you know, when a woman is raped, why is it worse than if she consented? Because it's emotional. There's emotion wow. attached to it too, that's why. Because she didn't want that done to her. And so there's an emotion attached to it, it's not just physical. And, and I think especially with um, younger people, they don't realize that. And I think they go through all these emotions and feelings that they don't even know and understand what they are, but it's because they're actually hmm. giving themselves away to so many different people and they don't really know how to handle it because they're too immature. They're too young. You know what I mean? And so it's like, yeah, I think this is a part of the problem that we see in society um, is because of that. And there's so much attached to it. And, and even like another friend I talked about in the book, how he was um, really promiscuous as well. And he would say that he noticed things after sleeping with women that he would start drinking more or mm. he'd be depressed or yeah. he'd be more irritable. And he's like, this isn't me. Like none of this, you know, but he says it dawned on him one day, it's the women that he's laying with. And that's why I said things that people are going through that transfers onto you. And so, um, so that's why, you know, people, it's, I think when that becomes reality and people realize or understand why they're acting the way they're acting or doing the things they're doing, because there's, there's such a transference of so many different people, you know, with you that it's going to affect mm. you. And, and it's not exactly friends with benefits. Like you said, all those movies, no, someone gets hurt because somebody got attached sure. because you do, because it's, it's emotional also. So. Yeah. yeah, but we don't ever we don't ever talk about it like that. And I think the other thing with society, what I talk about is we don't teach people discipline and we don't teach people to exercise self-control. And mm. that's actually really dangerous. And so, you know, because all these generations prior before us, like this is what they did. They practiced self-control and they practiced discipline, like waiting wow. until marriage to have sex was a very normal way of life for every culture every ethnicity and every time period. Like that was a very normal thing to do because they were taught the discipline, practicing self-control. And so this was a very normal thing to do. And if you had sex outside of marriage, that was really taboo. You know, that wasn't normal. So that's why it's like, no, like this was a normal way of life. And everyone, you know, generally looking at it from this perspective or was better off for it. So yeah. So that's something that I always yeah. like to touch on. Yeah. And for sure, that boundary line just always gets pushed further and further and further, you know, pushing it back further on a grand scale, like as far as society and culture goes, but on an individual scale as well. Like you you mentioned your friend who or I don't remember if you said he was your friend or not, but but uh, this this person that you were talking about who um, had said that, you know, after having like many, many, many sexual partners and then getting to the point where he felt like this isn't even satisfying me anymore. I think that that's one of the dangers of things like pornography and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, because what happens is you learn how to essentially gratify yourself or you're you're essentially learning how to, you know, use somebody, somebody else that you're, you know, looking at a screen or, you know, whatever it is that you're Mm -hmm. doing. But you're essentially using somebody else so that you can gratify that you can gratify yourself. I think there's something like kind of narcissistic about that to a certain extent where it's like it's like this person right now is just kind of like 
you know, right now in this, like they're existing for my, for my pleasure sort of a thing. Yeah. Um, and and but, yeah, that, that's yeah. how like you're saying with pornography, how so much of pornography happening now are, are, is, you know, women that are trafficked. And so therefore it's like people are only seeing them just as objects and, and someone loses really their, their value when all you're seeing them for is something to satisfy you yeah. in that moment. And yeah. so a person loses their value when that's how you're seeing it as, you know, and that's why even if you remember the famous basketball player, Wilt Chamberlain, mm -hmm. whom his claim to fame was like, he slept with 20,000 yeah. women. Right. Yes. Okay. So that was like his claim to fame. Right. And I saw and was reading his last is one of the last interviews he did before he died. And he said, you know, people think it's pretty cool to have slept with 10,000 different women. Like, but I realized that it would have been better to slept with one woman 10,000 times. And so it was wow. something at the end of his life that he wow. realized none of that was really satisfying. Hmm. None of it was really satisfying because it didn't mean anything with any of these women. And that was, you know, he died alone. He was a single man, never got married, never had kids. Wow. But I'm pretty sure there's a child out there with all these women he slept with. Sure. <laughs> Same. Side note, it's gotta but be. it's say, <laughs> but um, just the test. But uh, yeah, but it, it's just one of those things where it, that was the reality, and that's what he said. Yeah, it would have been better to have one woman ten thousand times than yeah. ten thousand different women, and and because it there's it became like nothing for him, right? Wow, and empty, and so yeah. Yeah. And that's what happens. That that's what happens when the when you're when you have a warped attitude about about sex and what sex is supposed to be and what it's supposed to be for. I think that that's the natural progression. And so mm -hmm. that's what we see, like with the pervasiveness of things like pornography, where it's so accessible and you can have it, you know, access to it anytime you want on your phone, mm -hmm. like whatever. You don't have to even wait for the dial up like it was when I was a teenager. You know what I mean? You don't have to wait for the. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you don't have to wait for that anymore. It's just you could just you could just get it, and kids can get it, and it's yeah. just it's just it's right it's just there. And then if, even if you're not even if you're not like out to do that, just watching a commercial on TV and you see you know mm -hmm. basically soft porn <laughs> yeah. that might just you know pique your interest and curiosity. And there's a you know the chemicals in your brain start moving around and whatever. And you know whatever it is, wherever that boundary line starts. I just think it's human nature when we're not submitted to the lordship of Jesus and we're not um, like you talked about, you talked about boundaries and you talked about what was the word that you used? I'm blanking on the word right now. You talked about discipline. Right. And mm -hmm. so, you know, when we're not when when that's not our focus and we just kind of, you know, go after those things, go after those desires again that are not submitted to the lordship of God, then. I think the natural human progression is just to go further and further. Like, okay, yeah. this used to satisfy me, but it doesn't anymore. To the point yeah. that, you know, regular pornography used to satisfy me, but now I need something that's a little bit darker, you know? And then yeah. so you can see how, how a person's view of sex can get increasingly uh, more unhealthy and things. Yeah. That's where, you know, things turn to violence and things turn to like yeah. all these other things um, that, you know, and then, just setting up improper expectations so that, you know, I've heard stories about people that when they do get married and you talked about this a little bit too, I think that people do get married. Now it's like sex isn't what they thought it was going to be, you mm -hmm. know, and then they end up having problems with their, with their spouse because yeah. they're not satisfying them and they're not whatever. And it's really not their fault. It's because they've built up, they've had this perception of what sex is supposed to be built up in their mind because of all these things that have just existed for all this time that they thought was just to gratify me. It creates such a selfishness, I think. And again, just improper expectations. And like I'm not saying any of this stuff to condemn anybody who's, you know, whatever. Like I, I know what it's like to be I was a I was young at the time, but I know what it's like to be addicted to pornography. You know, I like I, mm -hmm. I, I, I get I, I get that. So I, <laughs> I feel your pain. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, there's freedom. We can we can be free from it. And we 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 need we, we need to. I mean, it's it's such a pervasive thing. And anyway, I think I brought that up because I was just we, we have this idea that we think it's innocent because it doesn't involve another person. 
or we think that it's innocent because we're not hurting anybody, you know, whatever. And but I think what we fail to recognize so often is is uh, what we're actually doing to ourselves, that we're actually hurting ourselves in the process. Yeah. And, and I think you know. people also have this um, even if you just even if you remove God out of the picture, um, people think being free is being able to do whatever you want, whenever you want, however much, you know, and no boundaries. And I think yeah. people that's uh, such a false thing that has been taught that freedom is doing whatever you want, whenever, when even as I'm saying, even if God doesn't even have to be in the picture, but just the regular lay person, like, no, because if you allowed this flesh and this body to do what it wanted all the time at any time, what a horrible society we'd have in a way to live. That's why yeah. we do have boundaries. That's why yeah. we do have guidelines. That's why discipline and self-control are needed. And so even, that's what I'm saying, so in a society where sex is, is constantly being pushed and even more and more now with this new sex education that they're teaching kids in school, you know, it's so ridiculous where, um, and I always, I stay up on all this and I read up on all this stuff and how they want to even get rid of abstinence as an option um, mm. for young people. Wow. And Starting in kindergarten is when they're going to start. They're starting to teach anal sex in kindergarten. And there's. Do you have no... any idea what the reason, like, or the ideology behind that is? Like, what, how that could possibly be justified? <laughs> there's none. There's none. And what they say is how that it is a young person's sexual right, okay, to know these things. And. And the pictures they're showing, and it's it's called um, comprehensive sex education (CSE). Okay, and and this is what it shows. So starting in kindergarten, there, and then they show pictures now. Like, and when I was a kid, it was like kind of like a cartoon graphic type of a thing. But right. now it's actual adult genitalia that they're showing elementary school students. Okay, and wow. so it's it's so you know, you rob a child of their innocence and you are putting these sexual seeds at such a young age when, mm -hmm. you know, like my six-year-old nephew is not thinking about oral sex or anal sex. Like right. he wants to know what he's having at snack time and when he could play video games. Like, do you know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. when you're putting this yeah. at such a young age, oh, I mean, just the danger of it for the future. And that's the reason why, you know, it, everything is, is connected. Everything's tied to each other where, you know, even just talking about like, like you're saying, it's not enough. It's not enough any longer. So that's why you go to pornography, but now you want something more violent. And that's when you get child porn. And that's when, and so mm -hmm. it, and when yeah. you keep pushing, you set no boundaries. That's such a danger. And so sexually, because sex is so powerful and, hmm. and that's the thing that we're not teaching and we're not really explaining to people how powerful this thing is. It's like a dam. Okay. That's why we have dams to keep the water contained. But when a dam breaks, the damage that the water does, like water is so powerful, yeah. but it's contained. It's contained for a reason. And so it's the same thing with sex. It's like a wildfire that will continue mm. to spread if you don't stop it. And so that's why, you know, just bringing it all back full circle, why God is smart. You know, God's so smart. And he, <laughs> you know, he gave this thing because he knew how much you would enjoy sex. He knew how much you would enjoy pleasing your wife and your wife pleasing the husband. But that's just it. It's for those individuals, the yeah. husband and that wife. Yeah. And there's a reason. There's so much. And that's why if outside of that, you can just see the spiraling down of our culture outside of that. And so, wow. um, yeah, just to kind of bring it full circle, that's the why behind the weight, you know? No, I, yeah, that was that was really good. I really appreciate that. Um, as we're kind of uh, winding down on on time here, I wanted to just uh, maybe talk about something just a, a little bit a little bit practical. Um, what would you say for uh, let's just say a young couple, maybe you know, young adult couple um, who they I don't know, maybe they like each other or they're falling in love or whatever, whatever the situation is. But as far as like a young couple being in a dating relationship and how just maybe some some tips or thoughts on 
how uh, a, a young couple, or I guess even this could apply to an older couple as well. Adults, um, that's not that's not married. Um, I don't know what the differences are as far as like age and things like that. But that's why I was kind of going like middle of the road, like maybe, you know, a couple in their young 20s or uh, <laughs> something, early 20s, something like that. Anyway, how, however you want to uh, to attack this this question. But uh, just a couple who's like they're, they're dating and they want to have a they want to get to know each other. They want to date each other. Maybe they're thinking about marriage, but they don't know each other well enough yet or whatever the case is. But like how um, a young couple can date in a way that's healthy, where they can actually get to know each other, where, you know, they're not being oppressed by religious, you know, ideology and stuff like that. They can actually have freedom in their relationship to get to know each mm -hmm. other, but in a way that's safe, where they're not, you know, going to be uh, crossing boundaries and stuff like that. What, what are some thoughts that you have on the safe way to date today? Yeah. Um, definitely got to set up boundaries. Like, um, just if it's to the point where you're in relationship and you're falling in love, have that conversation, um, of, okay, we're not going to do this because if you touch me here or when you do, I'm gonna go crazy. Like, I mean, like that's what I'm saying, like have yeah. the honest conversations which I think a lot of times people don't, and um, and I've had to myself. Um, knowing you know what sets you off, you know, you know what I mean. Mm. So it's like you know what, yeah, yeah. don't yeah. don't touch me there. Don't like, and and yeah. so really and sticking to it, uh, having the guts to stick to it, and um, but having an honest conversation of setting up boundaries because what you're doing is you want to protect each other's purity, and that's something like even you know dating someone i'm dating like i want to protect not only my own but his as well Come you on. know and i want to mm -hmm. i want to protect his purity and i don't want to purposely make him lust after me because uh, quite honestly he don't need no help <laughs> we don't, he don't need no help like he can do it on his own and so that's yeah, why it's like right. i don't want to purposely do that to you and so mm -hmm. because when you see a relationship from God's perspective, that if God is bringing this person in your life and God is trusting you with that individual. Yeah. And so um, seeing it from that way, that I want to protect your purity as well as my own. And so setting the boundaries, yes, hang out, spend time together. But, you know, I think a lot of times you do know your own self and you do know what's too much when it comes to the physicality. And if things start to become too heated, then you just need to pull mm -hmm. it back. You need to, you know, yeah. but have that conversation though, for sure. Because I think a lot of times people don't, you don't have those conversations, but have that conversation with each other. Yeah. Um, now, yeah, in, in your, in your, in your opinion, sorry to interrupt you in your opinion, as far as like what becomes too heated and how far is too far and what the boundaries have to be. Do you think that that's individualized um, for you know, for each individual person? Is it just kind of being honest with yourself and knowing how far is too far, like where the line is, you know, like, mm -hmm. should the line be drawn at, at kissing? Should the line be drawn at making out or French kissing? Or should the line be like, where should that where should that mm -hmm. line be drawn? Do you think that that's sort of um, an individual thing that we just have to be mature enough to be? Um, uh, what do you call it? I just said it a second ago, uh, where we, we've just got to be honest with ourselves um, to the point yeah. that we can have those conversations and have those dialogues and set those boundaries. Like, do you think it's, in other words, do you think it varies from couple to couple, from person to person? I do. I think that'll vary because also as believers, we have the Holy Spirit. So he will let you know and he will convict you on the inside, you know, if you're listening. And, um, and then again, you do know your own self. And so for some people, kissing is too much. And that's, for them, that's it. And you, then you got some people that are like waiting until the altar to kiss. I could tell you that right. ain't me. Let me tell you, that's not me. <laughs> but for some people, that is. And that's fine. Yeah. But it's something that the two of you should be in agreement on. And right. so, um, right. but if things do get, that's what I'm saying, they're on the inside, you already know. But then also, you know, you've got the Holy Spirit to say, you know what, for you, that's too much. You're not gonna be able to handle that. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I do think I do think it's different for people because I've known people that that's what they did. They waited until the, they were married for their first kiss, and because they said they know themselves, and mm -hmm. they said that 
that is just going to snowball into other stuff that they don't want to get into until they're married. So that's why, um, yeah, some people, it seems fine, touching's fine, and they don't go beyond that. And they are disciplined to where that's it. They don't allow themselves to go beyond that. And um, so as I said, I, I do believe that's something that will vary yeah. um, on the individual. Because it, it's also on your personality, like, you know, your personality too. Some people are just naturally much more extroverted and some are naturally much more reserved. So it, it's it's a combination of things that I think it will depend on. But yeah, an individual. So yeah. that's why, you know, having that conversation in a dating relationship, I think is good. Um, sure, you've agreed upon, we're going to wait until marriage to have sex, but what about the other stuff? So that's where it's right. like, yeah. So having that conversation, setting those boundaries, because all in all, you want it to honor God um, while still fully enjoying getting to know each other and having fun mm. and hanging out and spending time together. Um, but protecting each other's purity is what you mm. want to do. That's so good. I love that you said that. And you said that earlier too. And you, and you just brought it back again about protecting each other's purity and honoring those boundaries that you set up, not just for yourself, but for, before the other person. Mm -hmm. uh, I know in, when I was dating my wife, like that was something that was, that was so huge for, for us. Um, and we were dating while we were in, we were in Bible college and uh, that, that's when we, that's when we met and we started dating. And I don't know. Like I remember, um, like we would, she'd come over to my house on breaks. Um, I'd go. To, I spent time like weeks at, at one point, like several weeks, where I just I spent um, at her house at one point. Her family was, you know, her parents lived there and stuff. It wasn't just me and her. We weren't shacking, but like, you know what I mean. Like I had a, <laughs> I had my own room and whatever. But like we went on. I remember we one time went on a vacation together uh, with my family. Um, but there were definitely opportunities where like, you know what I mean? Like we could have done anything we wanted. Like there, there were definitely opportunities. Like we were spending time together, you know, like alone at times and stuff like that. And I remember like I had my Christian friends telling me like, like you just, you, you shouldn't, you just got to be careful. You got to be careful. The enemy's out to get you and stuff like that. And like, I get that there's temptation. Mm -hmm. And for a while I was like, okay, you know, we just, you know, we got to be careful. But I realized I was like, hold on a second. Like you and I have had really candid conversations about where we're at and our boundaries. And like, I can tell you, like, I would never, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go against my value, but let me tell you what I would never do. Like, I would never go against like your values and I would never mm -hmm do something to put you in a position where you're going to feel like I'm taking advantage of something that, that you entrusted me with. And so like, I, I, I tell, I promise you, Monique, like it was just, it was never in, it was never even a thought. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. And like, I, I know this is, this might be like a weird thing to say. Like it was never a thought. Like, like, what if we just had sex right now? Like it was never like, we spent a lot of time alone. We spent time, like all kinds of, places whatever like it was just it was never even a consideration because of the fact that very early on we had those discussions about the boundaries mm -hmm. i knew where she mm -hmm. stood she knew where i stood we knew what the limits were i mean i'll tell you there were times where like you know <laughs> we were like kissing or something like that and i just and i would say hold on i gotta stop like, uh -huh. like, like, that, like, like i gotta stop and we'd go for a walk or something you know what i mean because uh -huh. like, we knew because i knew that there was a boundary there and i was like all right like i'm not gonna push past like I'm, I'm at a point and if i if i keep going like i might you know in my mind i'm gonna you know things might get out of control yeah. or whatever so um so but we knew what that was and so anyway i just resonate with that so well i think that that's such a really good advice for anybody, whether you're like in a teenage relationship or you're an adult in a relationship or whatever, if you are pursuing walking in purity together, um, having those conversations where you know where you are, you know where the other person is, and you can set those boundaries. And then what becomes really, really important is to stick to those boundaries. And I think mm -hmm. that that mutual respect and honor for one another um, will will help you walk through that and to because i mean anybody can in the heat of the moment just like screw it like you know what i mean and just yeah. forget about your value but yeah i yeah. think when you make it when you become intentional about honoring and respecting and valuing the other person's desires and decisions um i think that it becomes even even easier to you know sort of walk that thing out and to make sure you're not putting yourself in those you know precarious positions and stuff like that yeah, because, and that's a part of 
valuing the other person. And I think we don't see people as valuable like we used to. That, mm. you know, this individual is in my life. And even if you didn't marry them, but even still, whatever the time being is, it's like placing value on that person. So you're not going to treat them like that or try to get them to do this because you're placing value on that person and knowing their heart and their desire and where they stand. So putting a value on the individual, um, I don't think we do that enough. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's a really good point. Um, yeah, it's huge. It's so key. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about the the mentality that, like, in a dating relationship or whatever, um, as long as it's not intercourse, it's not sex, or like, as long as it's not, as long as it's not, you know, we're not at the finish mm-hmm. line, then you know, it's it's okay. <laughs> like everything else, <laughs> everything else is okay. Uh, um, I think that that's something that a lot of Christians have done. Yes. And like sort of like pedestalizing virginity as this thing, like you can't have the that, but like we can do all this other stuff. Uh huh. So that that mentality. What do you? You are setting. Oh, you're setting yourself <laughs> up for failure, because if if you you have missed it, if you were trying to see how far you can go and it's still not considered a sin, like that yeah. right there is yeah, giving yeah, yeah. you an indicator that you shouldn't be doing it then. Because yeah, that's good. You know, it's it's trying to see how far, um, because you're really lying to yourself. Because if you have a knowing, like I said, the Holy Spirit, He's there. He's our guide. He's our teacher, and He will convict our hearts. And if you're like, but I didn't do this, how far? What if I let Him try this? And if you are constantly doing that, it's just a matter of time before you will fall. Because that's like with anybody, and that's like with with anything, you know, um, mm. whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, like if we just try this or try that. Or if you, yeah. and it's, it's just a matter of, you know, you constantly trying to get to the edge, you're eventually going to fall <laughs> off. Like it, it really, you know, you're setting yourself up for failure, it, you know, with, with for that sure. kind of a mentality, because how about you like ask God, God, is it okay if I engage in this? You know, like, I mean, see what he says. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things yeah, where, and if Jesus Jesus was in the room, and, <laughs> you know, in you're engaging in oral sex, like, <laughs> if, is, is he going to be like, that's cool. <laughs> like, it, like, you have to, you have to really see these things where, you know, as you're exchanging bodily fluid with someone, but it's not intercourse. Like, you know, it's yeah. one of those things where, yeah, you have to really check your own heart, because um, and that's where it's been sold to us and as a society, like everything else is fine. But is that purity though? That yeah. Comes down to right. It, is it purity? Right. You know, because right. God does say, be holy for I am holy, mm. you know, and in order to live a holy life, it takes discipline yeah. and, um, and trying to represent him and we want to represent him well, you know, that is my desire is to represent him well to people. And so, um, yeah, you, you're setting yourself up for failure if you have that kind of a mindset. And I encourage anyone who does think like that, really get with God and get in his word and see what he has to say. Mm. It's really good. So, I, like how, I, like your, I like your answer there. Um, it's really good. Well, Monique, I really do appreciate you coming back on and I appreciate your time and uh I would like to uh, just make sure that we let everybody know where they could go to find out more about you. I know we've got MoniqueDeLeon.com. And so for anybody watching, Monique's name is up on the screen. Um, If you are checking this out on one of the podcast platforms, I'll make sure that the links are in the show notes for you as well. But you can go to MoniqueDeLeon.com. You can check out some of... um, the, uh, we can check out the online courses that you have there available, mm-hmm. Monique, uh, for anybody that wants to go deeper into uh, learning about, um, d- you know, discovering purity, this 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 personal walk of the pursuit of purity in their own life. Uh, we can go to Amazon.com and find your book, Pursuing Purity Under mm-hmm. Pressure. Where else would you point somebody that maybe just wants to find out some more resource, find out about some more resources that you have available or even uh, to connect with with you or your ministry? Yeah, you can also go to pursuingpurity.info. 
and that is where all the online courses so i do online courses and also i can do like a group coaching so to speak on particular cool. topics so um whatever it is that you want to go deeper on there's five different courses and there's three different groups that you can be a part of um where it's deeper teaching and um yeah and if you purchase an online course i will send you a book for free and that way you can have that to go along with the online course and um but yeah monifelion.com is where you can click the link to connect to pursuingpurity.info there's videos there you can watch of me doing worship and speaking and um just all the information and contact info and all the links to my social media are there on monifelion.com mm -hmm. very cool love it uh, well, Monique, thank you again. Thanks for all the wisdom and uh, just value that you imparted here to the listeners. Really, really appreciate your time. So yeah, thanks again. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks everybody for checking out this episode. Really appreciate you guys as well. If you haven't already subscribed, if you're listening to this on one of the podcast platforms, make sure you subscribe. If you want to share it, that would be amazing. If you want to leave a review, that would just make my whole world, like all my dreams come true. So thank you guys so much. <laughs> Appreciate you. See you next time. Yeah.